Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops podcast. I am your host, Caleb. And before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to say, I know, I know, I get it. Two hours is ridiculous. It's too long for a podcast. I'm fully aware of that. But you gotta cut me some slack, bro. Like, I got two of my boys on. It's NBA playoffs time. Like, we're hype, man. Like, we're hype. I I went into both of these. Like, hey, bro. Like, we're going 25, 30 minutes, man. Like, all right. Like, we'll give a little little insight here and there. But like, this is mostly just to get our picks out, and then you know what what how how that thing goes. So. Two hours at least, you know, if you have a long drive or you're bullshitting at work on Friday, you got two hours worth of content here. I got Sarge on, I got Tyler on. Both of them give their picks um, for the first round in however many games. I do that as well. Hopefully it's not repetitive because I, I go Sarge first with some Warriors-Lakers talk and then I go Tyler uh, the day after. I'm sitting up at uh, Friday morning now recording this intro. But I think they both brought... Um, some some different and, and really good perspective on on all different series and it, i think it's cool just to hear different sides and perspectives from different fans not in the media because the media has proven time and time again they're there to make big storylines big clicks they don't give a shit very few i feel like truly give a shit to the point where they're going to hold hold to the truth no matter what it's it's narratives it's big stories and that's just the way it is and that's why we do a podcast like this pure love of the game podcast we run through every single series we got some really really fun ones end of the day i just want to let you know i understand two hours is a little too long but i hope you guys enjoy again we tweet we talk shit we we do all this shit all year long and really this is this is what it comes down to these next two months really decide all this season all this season it's where players move up or down in my mind the most um and it's where we just see the most high quality high level basketball so i hope you guys enjoy i appreciate you all for tuning in big things coming enjoy your weekend or whenever you're listening to enjoy your day let's get into it all right what okay i we're, i think we're good my computer made a weird sound, but what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the pod. We are uh, just about 20 minutes after the Lakers-Warriors playing game, and what a fucking game. I It is so refreshing to see this type of high-level basketball again. I got my buddy, fellow Lakers fan, Sarge, as you guys know. We're going to chop it up, talk Lakers-Warriors, and, and break down that game. And then uh, giving Sarge a platform to, to give me his picks. Uh, really don't have a ton of like analysis or any numbers in front of us. It's just giving our picks headed into the to the big dance. But what a way to kick it off. And the, the couple games before weren't great, bro. But this, I feel like, made up for all of the other playing games. I mean, even, dude, even the Spurs game today, I thought was pretty good. I mean, that had towards the end of it. For sure. Towards the end of it, it was kind of over. But, I mean, like, it was a good, nice little like, good game. game to – to this game, which was just, I mean, like you said, absolutely ridiculous. The NBA, I was just thinking about this. Whoever came up with this play <laughs> idea, whether you like it or not, is just they're jumping right now, just going Dude, absolutely the, the nuts. Viewership because, on that, it, it probably that game alone got more 
views in any playoff game last year outside of a, the finals, maybe even the finals. No, more than more than the finals. So I looked. I so Indiana Charlotte, which was at a weird time, one point four mil, and then the next game was two and a half million, and they were saying that was bigger what than any out ten ten. Plus, that one's got to be near ten. I was thinking. I, I would quadruple Fifteens, bro. There's nothing. Yeah. Out front, maybe in NHL uh, playoffs, but. I think especially, bro, because, like, you've heard it. This regular season has been such a grind. You haven't been able to see this level of intensity. And first things first, as a Warriors fan, respect to the Lakers. They got our best shot. Like, I have never seen us play that level of connected defense. Draymond was a fucking wrecking ball the whole game. And and I think the other interest – and respect, they took that punch, and they didn't honestly play that well. The Warriors forced them into really the shots they wanted, and they still pulled it out. But it was also our first look at – because we've had this sneaking suspicion. I remember we did a Top 10 Centers podcast last year, and I didn't even have Drummond. And I really don't think he can be on the floor when the game matters the most, and you saw it right away. Like, they got killed in that first half, and then AD at the five was – he played 40 minutes, 80 at the, not all 40 was at, at the five, but in that second half, and you saw that is what Vogel wanted to go to. Because when, when Harold and, and or Drummond are out there, it just allows the defense, if you're smart, to manipulate it to, and again, you were right. I think I'm looking back at it. You're right. They had some open shots. The Lakers had some open shots that they missed in the first half. But I think that was the Warriors game plan in forcing Caruso, Kuz, Schroeder, even AD to take not necessarily out of rhythm shots, but volume three-point shots and live with the results. And it almost worked. Yeah, and you got probably one of the best games out of Wiggins you'll get. Maybe other than that game where he went absolutely nuts, like 17 for 24 or whatever. The other. I mean, that's at the end, which is encouraging. Like, and he did. I mean, he was on Braun the majority of that game, right? When Braun was struggling in the first half, it was Anthony Davis defending without fouling down low and really mm-hmm. making life on LeBron James extremely tough. And then you look at it in the offensive end, he was hitting some tough, tough fadeaways from the baseline. He had a couple three looks, a couple open ones that he knocked down, but a couple of tough three contested threes that he hit um, yeah. was super efficient, was just you know, not forcing anything like you see Ubre do a couple times and then and then you have nah, Bazemore out there just Don't doing, you know, normal stuff. Like, but you got yeah. and and honestly, Poole hmm. kind of snuck under the radar. I think if, if the Warriors would have won that game, you would have seen, you know, Jordan Poole was the X factor there, kind of like Alex Caruso was the X factor for the for the Lakers. Poole hit some big, big shots. That three he hit from the corner to tie the ball or maybe to go up a couple points with the wing, yeah. And, but he missed that big one, bro. He missed that yeah, big he did. one. But back to the Wiggins point, bro. Um, because I, I think, you know, he's been – no one really is paying attention to Andrew Wiggins this year. You know, the Warriors play on the West Coast, um, and he's a quiet guy. But my, I've never really – I've been really happy with him this year because even though he hasn't – although he's had stretches where he's been pretty damn good offensively, um, he's been so good on defense. He's locked up so many guys all year long, just quietly, just quietly. And he's been a huge – you combine Dre, who can, in my eyes, shut down almost any uh, post player, um, and then Rome, and then you have Wiggins taking guys out of the equation. It really makes the jobs of Steph, Kavon, and whoever else is out, is out there pretty easy to fill in those gaps. So 
I was so encouraged. I feel I feel good about going into Memphis. Um, but what what is up? Like, like Schroeder's had a good year, and obviously this is probably the worst game he'll have. But I think that's what I noticed the most with the Warriors' defense. They took advantage of Schroeder because I think you watch the Lakers a lot. Schroeder gets shots in very specific places. He's not one of those guys that no matter where he's at, he'll pull it. And it takes a little while. It's not a quick release. It's not a high release. So he needs a lot of space in kind of his spots. And the Warriors didn't let him get to any of those spots all night. And they, he was, quote, open in a lot of times. But you could just tell he wasn't comfortable. And that just can't happen. It, because you see Braun's not fully Braun right now. And outside of Braun, it has to be Schroeder. Unless you're just going to AD in the post, there's no way to initiate consistent good offense if Schroeder is playing like that. That's what's yeah. Right. And the the main issue too is what why we brought Wesley Matthews in is off ball. Dennis Schroeder is I'm not going to say useless, but yeah. he doesn't really do it. He doesn't. He's not a plus on the floor. Sure, you know, at least at least having Wesley Matthews, you just have a sniper ready to shoot the three ball. Where Dennis Schroeder, because LeBron James is having the ball 99 percent of the time and initiating the offense, right? And so Dennis Schroeder gets caught a lot of times on an island where he's not a spot up shooter. Like he he just isn't. Like shooting spot up jumpers is not his game at all. So uh, you you and know that's why we live with some of those shots. Um, and, and when he when he's on, he's scoring a ton around the rim. And the Warriors, I think tonight did an unbelievable job. Both Draymond, Wiggins, even and and Looney just Ooh. contesting shots at the rim, especially in the first half. And that's when Dennis Schroeder struggles. So yeah, I no, think we just it. went with we just went with because we had Caruso on on Steph Curry too, which did was a great job. He did a decent job at the end of the game. Yeah. So then you don't have Dennis Schroeder and his dog defensive. So he just becomes, you know, kind of just a waste out there. So it's kind of oh, like, what it's not similar. It's not like the exact same case, but it's kind of why Lou Williams, who everyone looks at as a bucket, just kind of he didn't have a role on the Clippers team because what he does best is create in, in pick and roll situations and isolation situations. And outside of that, but at least Schroeder has the on-ball defense aspect of things. But you're right. Yeah. When, when Schroeder is not being effective as a creator, as a handler, it's it, his his value goes a lot way down, and you'd almost rather have Caruso as a guy in there who. But and, they, and, and we talked about we talked about who we thought was going to close for the Lakers, and I said I think as a lock you're going to see you know LeBron James, Dennis Schroeder. Anthony Davis and KCP. And I thought that was, we, we both thought a 99% yeah. chance those guys close. And I think that's a, a thing coaches fall into in the NBA. A lot of the times is they stick to their rotations, no matter what. You saw and Doc Rivers last fault. year with Harold. Exactly. But, and, but. and, and, and both Kerr, both Kerr and, I mean, credit to Kerr too. I don't think he's necessarily the greatest coach of all time, but he did a great job, you know, not scared to put Jordan Poole in there, not scared to put Michael Mulder in there, not scared to put JTA in there. And whatever pieces were needed for both, oh, 100%, deserves all the money he just got. Um, But JTA is our version of Dorian Finney-Smith. Just getting that in there real quick, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. Literally, literally. Um, but just being able to throw rotations in there on the fly and not being scared as a head coach, which I think we saw both of those coaches do tonight, is huge. Oh, and that's the reason why we won that game. Is 100%. Who, 
Caruso was unbelievable defensively, which he's not necessarily known for, but I think it's an underrated aspect of his game. And then you had Wesley Matthews, who he's a good defender at this point in his career, but he was just banging a couple. Th- he banged two threes that were huge for us um, from the corner, which I don't think Dennis Schroeder hits. No. Vogel, Vogel and Kerr, but Vogel especially, I think, you know, the more more casual, not, not in a derogatory way, but, like, you could miss it easily. You would just think, oh, the Lakers, they played a lot better in the second half, and they, they did. But there are clear reasons in the second half where Frank, Frank Vogel saw what was, what was causing the problems, both offensively and defensively, and made clear personnel adjustments and wasn't scared to do that. And it, it, it's not Frank Vogel just alone who got that win, but he deserves 100% credit. And that's, that's huge in a coach and ability to not just be stuck in your ways and see something that needs to be fixed and, and fix it. And a lot of guys don't bench Schroeder there. A lot of guys don't bench Schroeder. And I, who knows, maybe they went either way, but I, I think Caruso definitely gave him a better chance again. But Dude, Car- Caruso, I don't think he missed a sh- – maybe he missed one shot from the field, but he was he, just taking – He hit the backboard on making them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, other than that, I don't think I remember a miss. And that's key, too. It just got – take your shots that you take. Don't take anything else. When, when you're a role player, you have a little bit more freedom when you're – you know. But uh, I want to talk about Jordan Poole real quick, bro, because I told you, I, I really think he can be our I, – I don't know – when because i i was i saw a little bit earlier because i'm a warriors fan and so when he was going off in the g league and we had no bench scoring all the warrior fans were like let's go let's get this guy up because he was he was terrible last year but you saw what he was doing in the g league it wasn't just like wide open corner threes like he was mixing guys it's the g league sure but like these guys are playing for spots and he was mixing guys on a nightly basis he can be like I honestly think floor like Jordan Clarkson. He, he he's 21. He's 21. This is his second year in the league, and his development is going to be so so big for us moving forward. And just having a, a secondary guy, especially when Clay comes back, bro. Like I'm I'm really excited to see his development. It'll be interesting to see what kind of rotations you run to at the end of games because you're going to have Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I mean Ubre, who's kind of gone, but Ubre's gone. Um, Ubre's gone. You're you're going to have. Uh, that's just going to be a tiny lineup. But the thing about Jordan Poole that I love too is that dude is just a straight, kind of like Jordan Clarkson in a way. He doesn't give an absolute shit. He is going to take any shot that he has open. That move where he did an in, in and out dribble and then yeah. try to dunk on Braun, no dude, that is just, that's killer mentality. But yeah. I was going to say, I think probably, I would say in two years, you're going to see him, if the if the Warriors stay healthy and stuff, you're going to see him probably in the in the mix for six man of the year because he is just an elite scorer at the NBA level totally. and he's going to get even better. Totally, and he he and again, this is exactly he's 21, bro, and it, like the things he does, like, like I saw it similarly with Michael Porter Jr. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Michael Porter Jr. and we'll talk more about him later because he's been ridiculous, but like you just saw things early on with MPJ where it was like, okay, like. If that gets better, that is really, really like that special level good. And I see a lot of similarities and like it is not normal the ways in which he can score. Um, but yeah, bro, just such a fun game, such a chess match. It was it was that was my favorite part about it. It was people will just see the game, but like 
the chess match between Kerr and Vogel and honestly Dre, like if you just had a cam on Dre, I would watch go watch that right now. A camera just on Dre that whole game, knowing when to help, when to fake a help, when just it's 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 mind blowing that he can be able to anticipate the amount of things that he's able to anticipate. So he had zero field goals that game. He didn't have a single bucket from the field, and yep. his impact, I, I would say, was the most out of any player on the floor, even more than Braun, honestly, even more than, than Steph Curry. I think he had the greatest impact on that game. Um, just from a defensive standpoint, it was absolutely ridiculous. The things that he were doing yeah. and even Kavon Looney as like a kind of a sidekick to him down low, like Kavon Looney did an unbelievable job as well down low. And those two I guys were just, I mean, they were, they were the reason that you guys were shutting us down around the rim. Um, so limited just, physically, with the mind, bro. So he's you see a lot of bigs. They're just the the when I have a big center down there, or even if you're Kavan and not huge, like the goal of you on defense as a five is you are there to protect the rim. If you're not protecting the rim, what are you there for? And a lot of times it's hard because it's going so fast and you can't get over in time, and you just never have that issue with Looney and, and Dre. It, it's it's you and our defense, like those are. Those are two of the best defenses in the league. We're surprisingly we're five, and I really think that's all Dre, honestly, and Wiggins. But it's it was such a fun game for me. So so the Warriors shot forty five percent from three that game. The mm-hmm. Lakers shot thirty three. And if you would have told me that, and you would have told me Anthony Davis was ten for twenty four from the field, LeBron James seven for eighteen from the field, Dennis Schroeder two for twelve, or I, I don't yeah. know necessarily. I'll, I'll look exactly what he was. Um, from we the took field, our best shot. Three for fourteen from the field. You just there's no shot that you think the Lakers win that game. They were playing so well defensively, and I mean, just unbelievable effort by the Warriors and the Lakers. Just somehow pulled it off in the most sluggish win I've ever why, seen. Like the most impressive sluggish win. No, no, a hundred percent. I came away from that. I think a lot of Lakers fans will look at that maybe and say wow, we played like shit, but I honestly come away from that more impressed with the Lakers because they didn't get any clean looks, and they won that game with their defense. And that's why I really don't, even though Braun and AD are clearly not 100% yet and there's still a chance they can get there, that's why you just can't write them out because they have a very elite defense. And if you have that and you have a coach who understands adjustments, it's and I'm not saying we'll get to it. We're about to get to it. Well, actually, let's get to it, bro. Let's. Uh, I don't. I don't know that we can, you know, put a finite limit on each amount of time. But we can't. We got to promise ourselves right now. We can't go ham because I got to do this with Tyler too. We can go a little like we can talk, but we can't go ham, which we very easily could go for two hours. But do you want to start with the West or the East? Let's just start with the West since we're already okay. talking about Lakers. All right. So let's – I'm not doing this, but I think we can both agree. At this point in time, it's more likely the Warriors beat the Grizzlies. They're at home. They just did it. So let's go Warriors-Jazz. Give me your pick in however many games and your general thoughts. Is Donovan Mitchell going to be ready for game one? Do we know? I don't know if that's confirmed, but I think he should be. I would say it is a 95% chance unless he gets some setback or I don't know. I, I get the vibe. They saved him for the playoffs. Okay. I think jazz and six. 
Okay. I would love if we could get two. See, we just got to one. Steph Dude, Curry just closing game in Utah. Steal one there. Yeah. But you, you don't even – but think about this. You don't need a Steph Curry explosion game. I, I really don't think that. If you get an efficient Steph Curry night like you get tonight, let's say LeBron James doesn't make that. Let's just put the Lakers and the Jazz on even playing fields right now because I think right now in time they're very similar in terms of how good they are. Obviously, the Lakers um, ceiling is a lot higher, but right now they're pretty similar in terms of basketball teams and in, in how oh, good they sure. are. Exactly. The Warriors are one LeBron James ridiculous three away from maybe winning that game. And if they give the Jazz, you know, the same effort that they just give the Lakers in a couple, they're going to pull at least two of those games off. I agree. I agree. I just think that the game plan for tonight, and, and sure, they'll put together one. I just think the Warriors team will have a tougher time defending a team like the Jazz that can space the floor the way that they do. I think the Warriors really took advantage of the Lakers' lack of spacing for the majority of the game. And I just, I've seen, and and you're right. I mean, we beat the Warriors twice, at, or sorry, the Jazz twice at home. One was out Donovan. So there's a blueprint to it. Uh, I think I just respect this Jazz team more. I think I'm higher on them than most. And I still think we can get one or two. I just, I, but you I, also have to think there is a, there is just like the Lakers. There's a test period, right? When Donovan Mitchell comes back, mm-hmm. it's no longer Jordan Clarkson taking right this away. many shots. It's Donovan Mitchell needs his 25 shots every game. Yeah. Bojan's Bojan's been on an absolute tear, right? He's looked unbelievable. He's going to take significantly less shots and go back to the role he was in before. Mike Conley's been banged up. He needs you- to get back into the rotation. I'm just saying they haven't Conley played any games yet. Huh? What do you say? I, they haven't played any games yet. The Warriors are going to come off two big, close games, competitive games. I think they're going to be ready to rock in playoff form. I just like the Warriors to take yeah. two games. I'm with. I, I'm going. I'm going Jazz and six too. And I think, yeah. like like you said, I think there is definitely something to. You saw the Warriors. They are playing. I'm telling you, they they have not played this well this year. This is the best version of them, which is important. Um, I'm just skeptical, and and part of is this, is this pro, is this the, the biggest opportunity for a one seed to go down in the last 10, 10 years? I'm not saying they're going to, but usually you look at one state and you say, I don't think they could take more than a game if they're It'd be lucky. Interesting and, to go back. I mean, the last time we did it, we did it right. Were we the last team to do it against the Mavs? Yeah, in two thousand and. Seven or six or something or six. Okay, I don't Um, know. That was what lit my light, my basketball love on on fire, bro. That that team was so fun. But but like you can't rule. You cannot rule the Warriors out of this. Like what would you make the series price? Ah. Yeah, as what minus what? Five fifty. Five fifty. I would say that doesn't imply that they'll win two games. Maybe I don't know. I would say that the way we're talking would imply more like minus three seven. Well, I'm talking about what the books have are going to have it at. I'm not saying that's what I would. Okay. Have. I'm saying the books. No, are no, no. Have okay. it what are you minus, What are you putting? Is what I'm asking. I minus, don't care about minus three twenty five, probably. Okay. Yeah, I'm around there. Minus three fifty, minus three seven. Yeah, minus three fifty is where I'd settle on. So, um, if we can get the warrior, if we can get the Jazz at more than that, then I'll, I'll take the Warriors. But. I mean, but um, talk about it. Oh, f- a hell of a fun series. I'm so ready. 
I'd rather have gotten Phoenix. What would you, if you're the Warriors, would you rather have gone Phoenix or the Jazz? Jazz. I think I'd rather go Phoenix. Just because of the uncertainty, like I said, with Donovan Mitchell Donovan. coming back, Mike Conley coming back, Gobert's totally. been I'm not in, in about a real Conley. weird. He hasn't been playing well as of late. I just, I, I I'm just not worried like, about Rudy, bro. I'm not I mean, worried about them. Worried I'm not worried about them, but I'm just saying Phoenix has been clicking. They're healthy. There's there's no issues around you know guys coming in or out of the rotation, and I just like the uncertainty of the Jazz. That's fair. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Let's move to the because side. to me because to me yeah. wh- because to me when I look at those two teams just real quick they're equal. Like so, I'll take the team where I don't think the matchup is is that much of a difference for the Warriors. I just think I'm taking the uncertainty over the I know that the Sun surviving. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'm still going Dubs and Sixty. Um, all right, Suns and Lakers. Oh, this is a good one, bro. Go ahead. I uh, I don't know what to, I I honestly don't know. <laughs> I go Lakers in seven. Oh man, I mean it's going seven. Yeah, Lakers in seven. I, okay, I'm going Lakers in seven. I can't not take the Lakers, so I'm going Lakers yeah, in seven as bad. well. Yeah, and I think you see it tonight. Again, impressive in that they weren't – they're not clicking right now, and there might be a little bit of a feel-it-out period. And you saw last year they lost game one to the Blazers and the Rockets. But I think end of the day, I still have enough faith in LeBron James and Anthony Davis as the two best players in that series. And I think something that's a little underrated – and we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll be interesting to see. But Dem Booker hasn't tasted a playoffs. And I'm not saying, oh, just because he hasn't tasted a playoffs, he's going to struggle. But like we've talked about many, many times, it's a whole different level of basketball. And I've seen Devin Booker many times this year in playoff level, quote, environments struggle. And I'm not, this is not, I love Devin Booker as a player. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be a superstar. But um, there's a reason CP3 is taking a lot of these end of game shots in a lot of these situations. And so I'm, I'm interested to see where Booker's level is going to be at, if he's going to be a guy who, okay, playoffs are coming and he, he turns it up even more a notch, or if he, you know, where he's at. Um, and, and DA too, McCall Bridges, like, you know, CP3, Jake Crowder's been there, but a lot of guys who haven't been there, which I, I'm interested to see how that team as a whole comes together. And I'm interested to see if they close with DA. I don't think they can. There's a chance, There's a chance they don't. Because if you look at DA, if the Lakers go and they play AD at the five, you can't play DeAndre Aiden at the five. I mean, you can, but you can't have him guarding AD. So I don't – I mean, yeah, you could have him guarding AD. That's a recipe for AD. For he's going to get cooked. Out. He, I mean, he's, even if he doesn't foul, he's going to get absolutely cooked by Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's not a good defender. He's slow. Anthony Davis will blow by him. I, I just think they're going to have Jay Crowder on them the majority of, of, of the time. And, and if you AD's could see a five. really small Phoenix lineup yeah. if AD is at the five. And DA might find himself out of the rotation. And they've gone just because I play a lot of DFS and I look at a lot of popcorn machine and a lot of rotations. DeAndre Ayton finds himself out of the closing rotation a lot of times, whether that be for Frank Kaminsky, Dario Saric, or mm-hmm. them just going small. So that'll be another really interesting X factor. And if DA can step up defensively, I mean, that that would be huge for the Suns, and that's what they need. If they if they want to win this series, it's all it, a lot of it is on DeAndre Ayton to step up defensively. No, I'm with you. I love that call, bro. And it's you're right. Monty, again, it, it's – if your center is consistently 
not protecting the paint. So we'll see, bro. I'm with you. And he gets crushed in the pick and roll too. If you watch DeAndre in the pick and roll, that dude gets lost all the time. He doesn't know if he's supposed to switch. His brain just goes to another world. So (laughs) you just can't process it. It's tough. I saw it with Wiseman all year. That's why guys like Looney are so underrated because you don't have to worry about that with them. Um, Looney always knew today. Oh, it's Trez. Like, that's fine. Stay out there. I'm I'm literally staying in the paint. I'm literally staying in the paint. Um, Are you taking Looney or Drummond? Looney. I think you yeah, saw I'm it tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking Looney. Drummond has more physical basketball tools where if you want a my player, I'll take Drummond. But at this point, Drummond has not shown anywhere near enough. You remember that play where Drummond – I think Braun fed Drummond rolling and Looney just goes straight up and, and Drummond just can't finish. Just can't and finish. then Drummond, Drummond thinks he's Dwight Howard in the post and tries to post up and drop stuff on people and, and travels. And Vogel humors him like once or twice a game, but it's like, dude, no. So <laughs> do you think more likely back to Suns Lakers, do you think more likely the Lakers would win in six or the Suns would win in six? If, if it only went six games, would you think the Lakers take it in six or the Suns are taking it in six? Uh, if, or did you, you, you see that pretty six? equal to going seven? If you told me it was six, I, I would assume honestly, Lakers just because game six is in LA, and so it's like, dude, are the Suns really beating him that bad that they go in LA in a must win game and beat Braun and AD? Like, that would be insane. I, I don't know if I can see that happen. So, so Lakers, so. but but the but I feel like the you talked about it earlier. I, I think if there was a team quote more likely to say sweep, I'd go Suns just because like you said, I feel like they they've been the most consistent team all year. And maybe there's a chance they just jump on the Lakers who are still kind of picking it up. Um, that, yeah, that's right. Definitely cool. agree. Yeah. All right, bro. Let's go Nuggets and Blazers. Very interesting one with the Nuggets. Um, they lose Jamal very sad, but like they didn't honestly lose a, a ton of a step. And, and I think real quick, I, you guys know, I love Steph and I think the resume itself of what he did this year is deserving of MVP, but I do think Nikola Jokic is the MVP. And I think a lot of it this year is, it's not like the nuggets have been healthy. Like, it's not like they haven't gone through the, the bullshit. A lot of these teams have gone to Jokic has just steadied the ship all year long um and this is gonna another just great series that probably goes seven i'm going i'm going nuggets in seven okay i'm i'm going nuggets in six okay for me the big and, and i'd say for you blazers defense yes that's 100 percent what it is i think Nikola Jokic picks up part of their defense i also love michael porter jr you know this i just think he's so underrated and and just He's one of those guys that he's low key, like not a superstar because you can't really say it, but like he's not a star. Like this guy is ridiculously efficient. He's the second player all time to go. I think efficient field goal percentage. What was it? 63% or higher other than Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, the guy is ultra efficient. And when Jamal Murray is out, he steps up and he knocks down shots and he takes shots that might not be great shots, but he They're hits great him because him. he's just exactly. exactly. Take your dude, shots. Will Barton goes down. Then you get PJ Dozier going down. You got Compazzo playing huge minutes. You got, you know, JaVel McGee starting at, at four or five. 
next to Jokic some of the last games, and they're still managing to win games because Bro, Jokic Austin is Rivers just, is closing for them. And Austin Rivers <laughs> is starting too. Austin, yeah. honestly, Austin Rivers will probably start first first series against 100%. the Blazers. Jokic's out. Is is Barton close to back? I don't know. That's another thing. Is yeah. those, it, you, those? It's Campazo Rivers, Jokic. Uh, is it Paul Millsap or J Mike? No, they're close. No, they're they're going. Um, oh, dude, this is odd because they so they went with Paul Millsap once, they went with Jermichael Green once, and they went with Javel McGee twice. But they're not going to start Javel McGee. So I would say they most likely go if Monte Morris is healthy. I think they go Monte. Um, Compazzo, yeah. Austin Rivers, three guards, which they can with 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 McCollum, yeah. CJ. I mean, Dame yeah. and um, Norm, and then they probably throw Jokic and um, Paul Millsap. Yeah, I, I get, I'm with you there, and that's just a, again a testament to how great Yoke is. Honestly, he's a you have him and you stick whoever there. If you're locked in on a defensive game plan, Jokic will get you quality looks on the offensive end. So it doesn't uh, make sense how they're winning games. It, it doesn't. It really, he's, I think, at the start of the year from now, shot up the highest in terms of, you know, we talk about our top tens. I really think you have to consider him in the top five at this point. And, and this will solidify it. But I mean, I've seen enough to already go there. Like, uh, like it's, it's, again, you don't want to get too hot takey and overreact. Like you can make a very clear argument, you'd take him over AD, and I wouldn't have said that last year. Oh, I mean, if you include injuries, there's no way you're not taking your pitch over AD. True, but like, I, I guess I'm just more just talking about like impact. Fully healthy and even fully healthy. I mean, that's a toss up for me. Like his passing ability and his ability to make dudes that are okay at the NBA level good basketball players is ridiculous. It's similar to LeBron James, and they're such different basketball players, it's hard to compare them, but they literally do the no, exact same thing, it, but in different ways. Exactly. They, they, they are elite shot creators off of passes, and you can't double either of them because they are too tall. And they, it's as soon as they see it, it's an easy pass to whoever's open or a pass to a guy who gets it to the open guy. So, yeah, I, I'm taking Yoke. And, and I do like the Blazers. I like the offensive fire. You, you know, you look at their team on paper. It's a, it's a really talented group of guys. They peaked at the end of the year. I really do think a lot of that was a soft schedule in my mind. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think they're going to struggle too much defensively. And, and I do like a lot of their guys. You know I love Dame. I, I do think CJ has taken a step this year just in terms of the offensive consistency. Um, and I'm still big on Nurk long term. He had a rough year you know, at the start, but yeah, I, I just will take the consistent Litsy and, and Nikola Jokic in this spot, but I'm going seven. I'm going seven. Yeah. I'm going Denver in six, but yeah, you could see it. Um, all right. Clippers maps. Let's get it. I'm going, I'm going Clippers in five. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going Clippers in five. Oh, I'll tip for the sake of being different. Uh, I'll go Clippers and well, I'll go Clippers and five. I'll go Clippers and five. Um, and I don't want to. Do you want to do? Do you want to do like? Okay, we pick all the way to the end, or do you want to just end of each round do a new pod? But we got to give our we got to give our winner at the end, though. Or you know who comes out of the West? No, let's talk about the Clippers now. I mean. This is so I was I was listening. I, I always mention this, but I, I listen to a lot of Ringer podcast and Kevin O'Connor. I really like him. 
And he was talking, he, he was talking about how Christoph Porzingis literally when he's out there has the highest ceiling to make the Mavs unbelievable and the lowest floor. Like he's at times so bad defensively and mm-hmm. then on offense at times taking horrible shots, but then other times he's just hitting ridiculous. Like him in the pick and roll, he's hitting 30 footers. He's knocking them down unbelievably consistently. Like, come down the court four straight 30 footers in a row and and you can't beat the maps, but he's been banged up all the time. And just uh, Luka Doncic, just, he just can't hold his weight against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It's just, I think that's a huge Um, part of it, bro, is, is you'll have both those guys taking turns on him. And I still, you know, Luka came in with a ton of hype and deservedly, like he's really, really fucking good for this age. But I don't know that he quite took the step this year that I thought you would see from two to three. Um, Still just for as good of a a passer and creator as he is, I I just think he forces a lot of step back threes and threes that like, bro, you can get downhill and into the teeth of the defense and create better looks consistently. A lot of foul seeking and I still love him. I just don't think he's there yet to the point where PG and Kawhi who are hooping and I, I'm back on the Clippers, bro. I think if I had to pick right now, like, I I know I got burned by him last year, but this really, in my mind, is a much different team with a much different mindset. And I think if I had to pick right now, I got the Clippers coming out of the West. So do I. And I tweeted it, like, a week ago that I had the Clippers coming out of the West. And and I have all my friends are like, oh, you're such a Laker. I'm like, I love the Lakers. Like, I want them to win yeah. the championship again. But for me, I just think the Clippers are, are sneakily – Last year was all about the Clippers, right? And this year, there's nothing said about the Clippers. No, no, no more Paul George slander. They're just kind of cruising their way into the playoffs. They get, I don't want to say the easiest first round matchup. No, that's a huge part. They, they get a. That's you tell me. You want the the Warriors or you want the Lakers or you want the Mavs? You're taking the Mavs all day, and it, it's it's just a scenario where the Clippers are are, are low key getting the perfect you know, route. kind of route. Which they to... fucking meddled for. Like, I I don't know if the basketball gods will appreciate that, but they, they tanked uh, those last two games for this, and it worked. And so who they would be getting the Lakers? In the, oh, I don't know, yeah. though. They'd be getting no, the Lakers. I, I, you oh. avoid the Lakers. I, I that, that That's what they did. They avoided the Lakers, and, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but – I, I like you said, bro. I think Ty Lue, like, I mean, he he won't get coach of the year praise, and I don't think he did necessarily deserves it, but I do think he, he's worth talking about in the job he did, where he he handled the load management well while developing role players and creating a system that guys are bought into, and it's just a it's a different vibe, and I, I really do think Zoo has also played a huge – Zoo and uh, Zoo and Jackson have been huge this year. I, I'm standing by it, bro. I think Zoo starts these playoffs. He's yeah, gonna... I, I think – I mean, Serge hasn't played in, in months, so I, I really don't know. I think if Serge is healthy, he does he came back start. back towards but... the end, bro. But, yeah, you can say, like, how healthy is he really? And it's just simply for the reasons we brought up in the past, like Andre Drummond problems, where he just – he can't space the floor and come playoff time, come AD playing the five, you need a guy that can space the floor. And it's just, it's going to be really, really hard in my opinion for, for Zubac to close. I I love him. I think the way you counter that is 
you put PG, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, and then uh, you, you can choose between Reggie or Bev who can all shoot the three, and then it's not as crippling because it's just him down there and everyone else is out, which is like kind of what the Jazz do. But I'm, I'm on the Clippers this year, bro. I, I just think I like their vibe. Again, two lockdown defenders, rim protector, half-court bucket getters, guys who can get out in transition, and then Batum, Morris, Mann, Canard, uh, Kennard, Beverly. Like, they're all strapping this year. And so you can't – you see it today. The Rajon Lakers, Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> the Warriors were able to help off guys and just get – make driving lanes tough. You can't do that against the Clippers. And you give, you know, guys as good at all, at the game of basketball as, as Kawhi and PG free lanes – you're going to get quality looks at some point. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I got I got the Clippers in this series yeah, and, and coming out. And they match up and they match up so well against everyone. Like mm-hmm. even the Lakers, you're going to have probably Kawhi Leonard on 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 um depending on on the lineup, but you're probably going to have Kawhi Leonard on Anthony Davis, you're going to have Paul George on LeBron James and everything else you can kind of figure out around that, yeah. you know. All right, bro. Let's move to the east um so what uh is it yeah should be tomorrow wizards pacers who you got coming out of that i like pacers and it's just simply the the fact that <laughs> russell westbrook is on the other side and i think he's gonna be doing <laughs> you had wizards yesterday <laughs> i know i thought that and, and that's then one of russell, the reasons russell showed up russell played oh my oh he played awful i, I got the just... wizards tomorrow though the only thing scaring me is, is bradley beal's hamstring but you know, I mean, he heard it bad. He heard it bad the first play of the game too. You saw him; he was holding. His oh, game he's not the whole game. He's not healthy. No, I, I still think at home. I think Russ and Beal can get it done tomorrow. I, I wonder what the spread's going to be, but you can't count out this Pacers team. Just very, very solid. They are your favorite player in the league, um, so I get it. I and get it. and and that's one of the things that I love about the Pacers is you look at the Wizards' outside pieces, right? It's Raul Neto, it's Itch Smith, it's Davis Bertans, it's Alex Lynn, it's Robin Lopez. Like really. You look at the pa- you look at the Pacers. You got McBuckets, you have T.J. McConnell, you have um, Malcolm Brogdon, you got Justin Holiday, you got you know you got all these guys that are actually like good, like developed, stable role players in the NBA. Where this the Wizards don't have that, and I think that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the X factor. So I, I have Pacers. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going star power in this one. I'll go. I'll go Beal and Russ off the loss at home. I wonder what the spread. Who would you rather? Who would you rather see in the next round? Uh, I'd rather see the Wizards. I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Russ. I, I think, but I, I want to see Russ and Beal on that stage. But this, just this, just adds fuel to the fire for me. And I, I honestly don't come out with a lot of hot takes. Like, I don't know if Bradley Beal is a top twenty player. I know he's hurt. That's probably a mean thing to say, a fucked up thing to say. But, like, I don't. I don't. I really don't. I know they don't have their role players around him. Just feel like it's – you know what he does on offense, but he get, he's not a great defender. And he, he creates a little bit. I just think there's 20 guys I'd rather have than Bradley Beal. But I'd rather see them. I would. I'd rather see them than the Pacers, especially because if the Pacers were fully healthy and Karras and Turner were here, I'd go Pacers. But – I uh, we it's like this worn down beaten Pacers team with a coach they don't even really like and it's just like not all that entertaining to me. But shout out O'Shea Brissett and TJ. <laughs> Dude, that I, I that's the best ten day signing of the year. It's not close. Is O'Shea Brissett? They signed him. They locked him up, bro. 
No, but they originally signed him uh, to a 10-day contract in April. He wasn't on the roster. Really? I mean, I know yeah. he wasn't on the roster. I know he came from the Raptors, but I, yeah, he, I thought they just signed him right away, bro. Like, for, no, they signed him. To, they signed him to a ten-day contract. Signed him to another ten-day contract, and then signed him for the rest of the year. I'm gonna make sure, bro, because I honestly thought they would just because that made it even cooler to me. I, I thought they were just like, dude, I want this guy, and they just like went out and paid him like already. But it would make more sense that they would test him out first. Yeah, free agent O'Shea Brissett signing a 10-day contract with the Pacers. This was on um, – what day was this? This was uh, five months ago. He, he – he, trust it's me, because I was reading – long ago? Yeah, it was February. What? Dude, because – because I remember when they signed him to a 10-day contract, I'm like, what the heck is this signing? It was right when Turner hurt, got hurt for the Probably first time. He was on the Raptors for the longest time. What no, up? I promise you. Okay. Either way, great, you know, 10 day, great 10-day contract for, for O'Shea that turns into, uh, like, one T, an NBA contract now. Um, so... I still have whoever the, the Sixers play in four. Yeah, I have them in, I have them maybe, in four, absolutely. I mean, maybe the Wizards, if they get in, get a crazy Beal or Russ game. But I'm, I'm, I'm going four. No, I, I, have, I have the Sixers, if they're healthy, in four. Got it. I'm with you. Um, let's go Nets-Celtics. I got Nets in four, honestly. Yeah, I, got, I got Nets in, in five. Okay. You think Tatum steals one? Yeah, I think Tatum guard. gets gets you know a forty five or forty five yeah. or fifty or and, and snakes totally one out of there, or I maybe even a Kemba, a Kemba forty or yeah. some. I think we we've talked about it though. It's it's clear their heart is not in this, and then they were just better than the Wizards last game, and just clearly in my mind more talented. But I just it's just clear their heart's not in it, and honestly, with this offense. Tatum can only do so much and carry so much of a load. Like it's, it's, and it's going to be in a, a crazy load against the Nets in order to keep up with their scoring. I honestly think Kemba has been better than a lot of people think for the majority of the year. He gets a lot of shit, but I honestly don't like, I like Kemba, but those two are just not enough. And, and it's, it's going to be a lot of shots going to Peyton Pritchard and Marcus Smart and Fournier. And I love Marcus Smart too, but you know, offensively, I just don't think they have enough firepower. I think the Nets are ready to fucking go. And Fournier was horrible to start, and I gotta you gotta give okay. him a little bit of credit. He's 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 been better as of late, mm-hmm. knocking down open shots and, and being okay. And the only reason I have them taking a game off is just because of Brooklyn defensively. Like Philly is so good defensively, I just don't see him really letting up in in any game defensively. Where I could see you know the Nets kind of giving up something on on defense for yeah. one game. I'm with you, bro. Um, all right, yeah, I feel like that was that series is almost like the one that doesn't need any talking. It's like Nets are going to win it. Maybe they get five. Maybe they go five, but, yeah, I got the Nets. Yeah. Uh, all right, fun one. Rematch of last year's second round, Bucks and Heat. Uh, give me the call, bro. Bucks and five. I'm going Bucks and six. I think ultimately, just respect for Jimmy. I think he grinds out one or two of them. Uh, yeah. But – the, like we've talked about many, we've actually discussed the Bucks plenty of times. Like Drew Holiday adds a whole nother dimension. You got the revenge factor, and you Giannis is really fucking good at basketball. And I think you saw it tonight. 
like defenses become tighter and tighter and tighter. And so you push and transition as much as you can, even though even those are tougher because looks are just harder to come by and they have the greatest. I, I think I would feel comfortable putting Giannis down as the greatest transition weapon the league has seen. Um, you, you, he's basically seven foot with seven foot wingspan and can move in guard like ways. It's, it's stupid. So you just got to wall up and, uh, I, I do though. I, I, I know the heat have struggled, bro. They have not looked good all year, but I, they're sneakily healthy right now. Like they're, they're sneakily have everyone there and they very strategically rested Butler a lot this year and so and Goron and Goron I, I I really am we saw it just last year I know how much of a dog Jimmy is and he will do everything he can you've got a great coach in Spo um you got Bam I think they get it to six yeah, but the Bucks, you, you, Bucks get this one you could easily talk me into six games and and just the reason I have it in five is is for the the Bucks just like the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers are on such a different level Thank than you, everyone else sure. in the East, in my opinion. Although, where the West I'm make is the case of, for the Hawks. Oh, <laughs> okay, we can, we could get there, but I just think those three teams are so much more elite than everyone else. And when I just and, and that's the weirdest thing is the Heat are the X factor. Where if Tyler here comes out and does what he did in the playoffs last year, if Goran right. Dragic looks like you know thirty year old Goran Dragic. If none they're definitely going to compete with them. If yeah. none can knock, they didn't have shots, none last year, you know, and and none had a good year. And I I follow a lot of Miami beat guys because um, I used to want all the scoops on Tyler Hero, and he's talked about like I I was I I don't know if it was COVID. I think it was COVID. He had COVID right when it started, and he just couldn't get himself into playoff shape. He couldn't get a rhythm. He's I think he'll be an important piece for them this year. And, and all those guys, you know, Duncan Hero, having that experience last year will be huge. So uh, I, I think the but I'm very, very confident the Bucs pull this out. But I think this the heat will make the Bucs work for this at least a little bit. Um, let's move on to outside of whoever the Warriors play. Probably my 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 favorite matchup. Um, my favorite matchup too. and it's the new york knicks we got new york knicks in the playoffs again baby and the atlanta hawks i actually have a lot to talk about on this one but give me yours no you shoot it no you shoot it all right bro all right first off i got i got hawks in seven and i got I, knicks in seven yeah i love it and did you see the the price is hawks minus 120 uh really like like we talked about but wow for me I wish because these are probably just in terms of like pure, like likability, my two favorite teams in the East. And now I'm sad that they have to play each other. I just think, and they do it in such different ways. Why I like the Hawks. You've really seen it since Nate McMillan's come in. I really, I, I think it's fair. I think, I think it's fair that you can say the Sixers, Nets and Bucks on a different plane but I think the Hawks are like slightly, just slightly below that. And people don't really realize that. And you, I know you love bogey. I, I think it's just going to come down to uh, McMillan's ability to mesh what he has, but just in terms of like a pure, if I'm Nate McMillan and, and my players are all different tools, like I feel like he has so many different tools at his exposal, at his exposure to win these games. And the Knicks are going to muck it up. They're going to play slow this game down. But you look at the Knicks, and they play such great defense. I can't lie. And I think that's what gives them a shot in these playoffs. 
But when it gets down to it, the Knicks are going to Julius Randle almost every time and a little bit of sprinkle of D Rose. With the Hawks, they have foul drawing Trey. They have Bogdanovich. DeAndre Hunter showed a really, really good ability. Gallo. Gallo. Even guys like Kevin Herter. Like, okay, you're not going to ISO Kevin Herter when the game down. But, like, you can pass it to him and a guy close out and he can go attack that close out. John Collins, too, bro. Yeah. And then then the bigs, you have Clint Cabela absolutely anchoring the paint. John Collins, who has figured out his role as a pick-and-roll big and a pick-and-pop big who can also stretch the floor next to Clint. I just think they have a ton of talent. And if you, if they really, if they had Nate McMillan all year and they played the way they did uh, under him, I really think they could have been battling for the third or second seed. And I think they've just slowly gone under the radar. And it's going to be first look at Trey in the playoffs. Like it's really going to come down to how quick he can adjust to that level of basketball. But I just love the tools that they have. But on the other side, bro, the Knicks, they are the only team, like we talked about, they are, they don't play like anyone else. They they slow it down, they grind it out, and they they beat you because they force you into very tough shots and shots they want you to take. And so it'll be I think this isn't gonna be another series with just chess piece, chess match back and forth between Tibbs and, and McMillan. And I think the Hawks they they win a close one. Although the game seven in the garden, that's gonna be an, close to impossible. But I, I'll give me the Hawks in seven. Yeah, and the I like the Knicks too, just because I love Nerlens Noel to like he similar to to Clint Capella, he anchors that defense down there and and contests oh. every shot. You got Julius Randle who's shooting close to forty percent. You got Alec Burks who now looks healthy coming off the bench. I think he's going to be a real X factor and hit one or two huge shot, shots in this series. They'll close with them a couple of times depending on. Reggie if they Bullock, close with yeah. Reggie Bullock playing 47 minutes in a game. Um, <laughs> but Give him one I don't know, man. Just if you look at it in terms of talent, roster talent, I mean, it's the Hawks by far. Sure. Um, and it's not even close. But if you look at it schematically and, and just coaching, and I, I think that's where the Factoring Knicks have how the they're advantage. playing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's where I like the Knicks. So consistent all year long, man. They have they like the sun. They've been like a almost like a shitty version of the Suns, and they're just so consistent all year long. And it all starts on the defensive end. And twenty five and uh twenty five and eleven at home, twenty five and eleven at home. Very very hard to beat at the Garden. And they beat the Hawks all three times. Hawks had some injuries for some of those, but I don't think you can just toss that away as as not meaning anything. Honestly, if you've played three times in the regular season and you won all three, there's got to be some sort of at least whether it's just on the Knicks side, a level of confidence that you know you you know how you can beat these guys. It's just about executing it. It'll be interesting to see R.J. Barrett in this playoff setting as well. Too. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Can't wait. All these guys' first playoff uh, playoff action, I can't wait. Who you got coming out of the East, bro? You know who I got. Billy? Yeah, I got the 76ers. I'm going Brooklyn. I'm going Brooklyn. Okay. I think – Again, we've talked about it a lot. I think it, it's really tough because Brooklyn, we haven't seen him healthy. But I've got so much respect for KD. I honestly got so much respect for Harden and Kyrie. And I think Nash has done a good enough job, you know, piecing the role players around there. I love Philly. I really do. And and they show, again, we've talked about it. They have everything you need in a playoffs. They have everything. Half-court scoring. 
in Embiid, rim protection, on-ball defenders, shooters, the edge of losing in the last three years, experience, health. This is their time. But I think I, uh, I think if I right now, and no, I got to stick to it. I'm going Brooklyn Clippers NBA Finals. But I, Philly, yeah. Philly, LA, bro, that would be unbelievable. I'm going, I'm going Philly Clippers, and if I look at it, so both of us would have Philly versus. Would you have Philly or do you have the Bucks playing the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals? It's a good question. Uh, no, I, I I go Philly. I go Philly. Okay, because that series to me is just unbelievably oh, interesting. I, because I I love the and that's part of it. Defender. Wait, I love that, that. wait. What? I think the Nets play the Bucks, right? If everything works out. Well, the Nets are the two, and Philly's one. So the two versus the three. So the Nets yeah. would be playing. Yeah. So the Nets are playing the Bucks in the second round. Yeah. So Philly, I didn't even think about that. Philly, I mean, they'll probably, you know, they'll get a decent team. But like we said, those three are on their own plane. And so Philly will presumably be less beat up than the Nets or Bucks and whoever they see. Because the Nets Bucks, I, I like the Nets to come out of the East, but I still think that probably goes seven. You, you think Nets, you think next Nets Bucks go seven or Nets Philly? Nets Bucks and Nets Philly, honestly. I think that goes seven too. I just think that that matchup, the net Nets versus Philly is in favor of Philly because they have so many great wing and guard defenders to throw out all of those guys. And then that's really no don't. And they have no one for Embiid. Yeah. I'm with you, bro. I get that. It's just like I've KD is it's beyond ridiculous. Like I feel like four or five years ago, it was still like, okay, KD is just making ridiculous shots and they're good shots for him. But I feel like now he'll make ridiculous shots but half the time, he's so good now, you can't bother his shot. If he's in a zone, he's creating shots that are just easy for him. It's not even like Steph Curry where it's like, okay, that's a ridiculous shot. He's just good at making ridiculous shots. Like KD, it's it's anywhere in the mid post like because you can't play him a certain way. It's, it's, it's just a bucket, and you can't really help either. And James Harden's low-key the same way in the pick and roll, like – James Harden is the best guy I've ever seen in the pick and roll, honestly. Just pure pick and roll player, and it's because he's done it a lot. But, like, he creates so many good looks. It's just that offense for me is just uh, good luck trying to stop that. Um, but, again, such an interesting chess match in that Sixers can come right back down on the other floor. And who's guarding Joel? Who Like, you got to bring calculated doubles, hope other guys miss, and hope you can rotate and force guys that you're okay like live with shooting. And I think I'll, uh, that's another thing with Ben. Like we all think Ben Simmons is an all-star. Like I, I think we can all agree, but like in this stage too, where floor spacing is so important as a guard, like if they can completely just play off of him, it, like to the point where the guy can be in the paint, how does that, because that does not help him beat that directly hurts him beat. 
And where I'll counter there is Ben Simmons is actually really good off of the ball, not in terms of, of knocking on shots, but cutting, cutting and, you know, just running at the basket when Joel has it. And they'll, he'll find him for cuts around the rim. But him just making that move in general opens up other guys around him to get open looks. And he's not going to be – you know, spotting up. And, and I think that's where some sure. of the misconceptions come is they're not just going to sit four dudes on the perimeter when he has it and he passes it and one of them shoots it. Like Ben Simmons does a hell of a job. If you watch him off the ball, when Joel has the, the ball in the paint of running to the basket or making yeah. cuts and, and maybe screening for other guys and getting other guys open. And I think that's where he's also really, really underrated. And, yeah. and I agree. Then outside of him, you have legit shot makers and in, in Danny Green, Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. So, I'm with you. I just, I just, re- I really like that roster, and someone has to make the jump eventually. Everyone has Brooklyn. I just, I, can't, I don't want to have Brooklyn because everyone else has choosing them to come out of the East. I would rather Philly come out of the East. I really would. But if I have to decide right now, it's Brooklyn for me. Uh, they're all healthy right now. We'll see how long that lasts. But my God, dude, I've never seen a collection of offensive just pure talent in the in, in, in a team. And it's the best of all time. It, it has to be. And I think that's another thing. I mean, this is completely off topic, but, like, guys, players are getting so much better, like, so much better. This is These are the best batch of hoopers in the NBA that we've ever had. You can say whatever you want about softness, all that fundamental shirt. Like, these are the best – this is the best group of hoopers in a league that we've had ever. And it's because – Guys just get better and work from a younger age. And it's, it's and they've, ridiculous what these guys can do. And they've almost perfected the science behind it too. So where guys are resting in the season, you're not having guys playing 38, 40 mm-hmm. minutes every game for 82 games in a season anymore. These dudes are coming out completely fresh for the playoffs. And you're going to get the best hoopers in the world for the most part, like completely healthy and ready to go. Like, yeah. This is just all you can ask for. As a and this fan. is just the start. Again, you know, we, we make these podcasts, we talk, we do all this, we tweet. Like, this is the most important part of all of it. The offseason's fun. The regular season's fun. This is the most important two-month stretch. This decides, honestly, opinions on players. This, this is what we all play for and talk about, and we've got two months of it, bro. I am very, very excited to continue to talk about it all with you entirely as uh, as we as we run through these playoffs, bro. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. All right, let's do it again next week. Thank you, Sarge, for being here. We are live. Oh, that always does that. It always freaks me out. We're live. I got my uh, buddy, Tyler. You guys know him very, very well. Um, and it is his turn to give us his picks for these playoffs. I was going to say yesterday, Sarge and I talked a little bit about that. Well, we ended up talking a lot about Lakers Warriors. Um, unfortunately, the Wizards Pacers really did not give us anything to talk about. Uh, for me, me and Sarge were talking a little bit about it through text. You think this seals the deal on, on Nate Bjorgen? Bjorken? Yeah, it seemed like the, yeah. you know, specifically the second half they just gave up and they did like one of those mid timeout coaches interview type of things. And they showed it and almost seemed like he was like trying to plead with them. Like, please, like I'm about to lose my job. Yeah. Um, no yeah mercy, that was, the, no that was mercy. the nail in the coffin. They just did not yeah. give a shit. I, I, exactly. And, and you saw like how 
And I'm, I, I feel a little bit bad for the guy. Like it, it hasn't been an easy season. This is a very, this season in particular, it's, it's gotta be a really tough season. I feel like to have a, be your first season ever in the NBA. Um, but for, and then, and then Woj comes out re- with a report right before the playoffs. Like, Hey, this guy's basically gone barring a miracle run from the Pacers. It's, it's just tough for the guy. But I, I mean, at the end of the day too, like, I know you've been high on this Pacers team for quite some time and, and you need a coach who can put together, you know, that talent. Cause there's a ton of talent there. There's a ton of talent there. So we'll see. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. They didn't really seem, they, they didn't have enough time together as a unit with all their players yeah. healthy, you know, LeVert had his thing and then Turner's been out and Brogdon it just looked like a, to stay healthy down the stretch. Yeah, especially down the stretch. And it just looked like a team that was discombobulated. Like, it, it was impressive that they were even at the point that they were, you know, that, that they won the first part of the playing game. And, you know, I love McConnell. You go for, good. For, for Nate Bjorgen. No, I mean, I, I just think, like you said, there's a lot of talent on that team. So it's not a shock that they were in a play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. But, yeah, so. that team d- looks like it needs another fresh face. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, and I, I really – I haven't put a ton of thought into it, but who are, who are some of the hot candidates on the market? I feel like Mark Jackson always gets brought up, but I don't think he's going to get a job. I feel like he would have gotten one right now. Uh, I feel like Chauncey yeah. Phillips, Greg uh, – Greg Ant- not, not Greg Anthony. Why am I blanking on his name? The Jet. Kenny Smith. Kenny well, Smith the, brought up. I would guess that Kenny Atkinson will probably be a hot uh, name that's, a, that's, that's talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting after seeing everything that happened with Tibbs and the Knicks this last year and how the Lakers won last year with defense and yeah. you know, Philly's Most, done what they, they've yeah. done with defense. It'll be interesting to see if teams start to shift from yeah, this offensive focus call. towards a, you know, a defensive-minded head coach. That's a great call, especially because you can still get these offensive minds like D'Antoni in an assistant role to still create that offense. Um, so that's... Well, and it almost just seems like I'm not even sure if you necessarily need an offensive head coach to succeed in this league right now because the players are so uber talented as it is I think it's more just just so about the mindset the defensive mindset that Tibbs was able to bring to the Knicks that I think you know GM should be looking for in their next coaching hire 100% and I think real quick before we wrap this this up I think it shows too like when, when Tibbs comes in and has as much success as he's had, when, you know, Monty Williams has come in, he's had, you know, multiple years, but has had as much success as he's had, you can say, oh, you know, you need some time. But you also see when you have a coach who can really implement his system like that from the start, it can really make a difference. And so, um, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you saw it, you saw it in, Minnesota and it might end up being middle middle of the year. They were so much right. Might end up biting them in the ass for what they did. Dude, that's that is such a funny topic because I I I get both sides. I really do get both sides. Um, where do you stand on that? I think that's an interesting thing before we jump into this. What what would you do in that situation? I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't oh, what would I do in this situation? I would tank. I would tank. I mean, I, I understand trying to build the culture. I understand, you know, wanting to get some wins under these guys' belts after losing for so long. But that could be the type of thing that, you know, stops their franchise from – or I, I just envision it being this thing where 
they they miss out on a on a top tier talent like a and franchise a changing talent and yeah. a very loaded top of the draft they end up getting somebody that's good but not somebody that's going to elevate them from a fringe playoff first round playoff team to a potential title team it just you you got to yeah. weigh the pros and cons and we won't know for probably three four five years right no totally and, so, and i mean it'll be interesting to see just where their pick lands just based off of this but the counterpoint just for the other people who are probably like what like what possibly could be the counterpoint to getting you know securing a hopefully a, a franchise guy to go with those guys is it's a new front office it's it's a new coach who came in middle of the year and you want to give the coach and the front office as much data on what's going to work where guys play their best you know they they traded Hilo a year ago they still don't really know how he right. works with this offense and again building like a a culture which i think is the least of all this the the minnesota side all the fans they'll point to okay the seventh has gone the seventh pick you know when the when the pelicans won got first overall for zion they were like seventh when the i believe the Cavs some time ago when they got I, I don't know if it was wiggins they shouldn't have got it when the grizzlies got john morant they leaped from like right six or seven so it's like <laughs> Well, Don't the, the, upset the is, basketball gods, but I also understand. I, I, be, I believe this is – I think this is their front offices. This is about to be their third offseason together because I remember that, that Rosas came in and I'm going to look it up. I thought this was his second. No, because he – I believe he selected Culver at six, which is interesting because – you know, who knows where they would be if they would have hit on that Culver selection, you know, with somebody else or just Culver. So but if you, what was it? It's, he got hired May 1st, 2019. Yeah. So that would be right before that draft. Yeah. So, so, he, so he's had that off season, the 2020 off season. And then yes, this is going to be the, his third off season. But it's interesting because yeah. And I guess GMs are really based you know, their success is based on hitting on those high lotto picks. I mean, we had that conversation about Danny Ainge where he's had so many of them, but, you know, yeah. all he needed to do was hit on, you know, Tatum and Brown. But if you look at some of the other additions that they made, and we don't have to talk about the Timberwolves for much longer, but, know, you know, guys like guys like Nas Reed or, or, or McDaniels that were not lotto picks that are now solid rotation Huge pieces, if not more. Yeah. Huge. And, and they really, I know they had to pay Malik a decent amount, they got him from for free from Denver yeah. because Denver just uh, Denver's done yeah. surprisingly <clears throat> has nailed pick after pick after pick lately. Um, yeah. Besides maybe Gary Harris, but they paid him like they nailed it. But all right, let's get into your picks, bro. Let's start with the West, as I still have that beautiful, beautiful game of basketball yesterday fresh in my head. Um, you can be very, very honest with me, bro. Tomorrow. We've got the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Who do you uh, envision coming out as the eighth seed in the West? Man, I was I was like, Warriors are going to take that easy. And then I, I just listened to Ryan Rosillo's podcast, and he had um, Tony Allen on the podcast today. And Tony Allen, I guess, is still a part of the, the Grizzlies organization and some sort of player development capacity. And he went on this 30 minute tangent about how the grit and grind is still a thing in Memphis and everybody's bought in together. These young guys love each other. They're getting triple J back into the rotation. People are bought in. 
that being said, I still think that the Warriors <laughs> okay. probably yeah, should like, take it. Where are you going with, with this, bro? Said, where are you going? With that being said, um, I I think that you know Memphis has a real John Morant problem right now, and, and it can be rectified if, if he learns how to shoot. But the thing is, his percentages are not even that bad. It's his hesitancy to take the shot, which makes the offense stagnant at times. Um, he did see. I was encouraged to see him not let that affect him in that San Antonio game. But it's a lot different when the stakes – I mean, it's a high-stakes game, but they were kind of in control. I feel like every three he took, it was okay if he missed, you know? Right. right. Yeah, definitely. It, I, I just There's think more. it's going to be a little bit different. I mean, they, they were facing a, a Spurs team that, you know, was kind of wishy-washy all season yeah. long versus a Warriors team on the road that has clearly found some form of a defensive identity the last two or three weeks. Um, I mean, what, what they were able to do last dude, I'm night against a, the Lakers. That, it literally inspired me. I'm making a YouTube video. I'm like 50% done on Draymond Green last night. It was, it was ridiculous. But you've, but it, you've got the I mean, it, Warriors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had the Warriors. The, the Draymond stuff was, you know, expected. You know, Draymond rises to those occasions in the big games and, you know, he kind of takes games off or whatever. But – I mean, it wasn't just Draymond. All their rotations were spot on. Typically, when the Lakers do the thing where they start actually passing the ball, it's usually the third or fourth rotation is wide open. And every single time, like you saw it a couple times where KCP on. thought he would get the open look, then he would pass to Davis. He thought he would get the open look and then just yeah. face, face guard. And 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 it, like you, I love that you saw that because it was like, it was almost like, those were shots like LeBron. I'm I'm watching this because I'm slowing it down. And LeBron is so good as as soon as someone like helps, just like it's like he almost knows right before they're gonna help. And as soon as that person helps, even a little bit, boom, balls out of his hands, and that the defense is in rotation. But yesterday, the anticipation from the and, and from Dre, it was like <clears throat> shots that normally are open, like like you said, KCP in the corner, Caruso in the corner, Kuz on the wing, AD sometimes on the wing that swing swing are usually good looks it was like oh shit they're still here somehow like 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 not even not even just good looks typically they're great looks and no, sometimes they don't go looks. down yeah. wide open looks yeah um but it wasn't just the rotations it was the active hands i can't even count on two hands how many times when the lakers were driving to the rim it would get smacked down whether it would go out of bounds whether it was a foul the ball they just weren't even letting the ball get up to the rim. same with schroeder in the pick and roll could not just it was so difficult for him to just get a pass into AD. Get as a role. pass it. And for some reason, it, it, it was Schroeder and LeBron in the first half. They kept running the same pick and roll in their action. They kept trying to bounce it through because the active hands were up in their yeah. face. And it kept and getting like, kicked or deflected. Yeah. And it was like, I, it must have happened six or seven times yeah. in the first half. I'm just like, it's clearly not working. So let's try something different. Switch and then it AD to the five, and it was a yeah, I That's saw a scary, that. Very scary lineup, bro. It's a very yeah, scary I, lineup. Oh. AD, uh, I want to say AD played 23 minutes at the five last night. He had yeah. played 19 minutes combined at the five uh, since it's he came go back time, baby. It's yeah. go time. But let's go, but yeah, Jazz the, Warriors, bro. Give me your, give me your call. J- Jazz Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan should be back. We actually didn't know. I, I had a vibe he was going to be back last night, but it is confirmed as of this morning. Donovan would yeah. be good to go. I mean, to me, the the Jazz 
are a, a real threat and, and Vegas doesn't see them that way. I'm sure a lot of the media I'm, I'm does not see you. them as. I'm more yeah, with you. I mean, yeah, I've watched a, a good amount of their games this year. The ball movement that they have, I'm not sure any team in the league moves the ball the way they do. It's it's almost like the the Spurs, you know, yeah. of the, the 2010s. Yeah. And it's yeah. like and everybody it's touches the ball. It's, it's completely spaced. So yeah. there's always lanes to make passes. Yeah. Quinn Snyder came up with just a master game plan in the off season. He was just mm -hmm. like, all right, what we've done the last five or six years clearly has not worked. Let's just start shooting threes more. We're going to space it out. Let Gobert command the paint. It's like a mini bucks. Out. It's almost like a more efficient bucks, honestly. Yeah. So, you know, I think Utah is going to have 75% capacity of fans there. That's going to be I've a massive that's difference. A that's a lot more than anyone. The rest of the league is sitting at like 17%. That's going to be a massive advantage coupled with the altitude. I would be shocked if the Warriors took any games in Utah. Um, I I would say that, you know, probably 4-2 Utah in the series. Utah six. That's where I'm at too. Utah probably. and six. Utah and six. And I think, like, like I'm pretty damn – after that game last night, like, I think a lot of people will look at watch that game and, and we'll, we can chill out with the Warriors Lakers after this. Uh, but it's just because we're talking jazz warriors right now. I think a lot of people watch that game last night and be like, Oh, Lakers look like shit. And I, I really came away more impressed with the Lakers after that game because they took the Warriors absolute best punch on defense. 80 was not in a rhythm. LeBron's clearly not necessarily his full healthy self. And he wasn't in a rhythm for most of that game. Dennis Schroeder yeah. played as poorly as he's probably going to play. And they took the Warriors' best punch and still won that game. But that that being said, like, I am encouraged, very encouraged also on the other end with the Warriors. I just give that much respect to the Jazz. I, I yeah. really do think they they are a very, very good team, and, and that's why I'm going them in six. See, it's me. almost – I feel like it's almost unfortunate for, for the Dubs because I would assume that the that, – you know, the Jazz probably thought the Lakers were going to take care of business, win by 10, 15. But now the more Jazz probably – they're probably more locked in. They're mm -hmm. like, all right, we can't really mess you around. The, around. Lakers, yeah. the Lakers were sleepwalking, and they got hit with a right hook in the first half and just yeah. did not expect that type of defensive intensity. Yeah, uh, I'm with you, bro. Jazz and six. Yeah. I think, yeah. We'll, I think we'll grab a couple. Um, but I, I, I really love the way that team plays basketball. And, and we talk about, you know, guys on offense who just bend defenses. Rudy Gobert bends the defensive end of the floor. And yeah. That no, very few guys do. Yeah. Um, all right, bro. Let's, let's head over to your Lakers. And uh, I, another just – we got four, just four quality fucking series in the West. Uh, I got Lakers in seven, bro. Let's hear your thoughts. I have Lakers in five. Okay. Um, no I, love for the Suns or more love for the Lakers or matchup? No, definitely, definitely. It's, it's all of this is just matchup based. Okay. And that's kind of been the Suns issue all year long. I mean, that's why they drafted Jalen Smith. It was a need based thing. It wasn't a talent based thing. They thought Bad he could pick. come in. I mean, he and, could work out, but. But th that was the thought process. They knew going I'd hope so. that, that yeah. Aiton was their cog, but they didn't have anybody else behind him. And now they still don't going against this daunting front court of the Lakers. And, and Sarge and I were talking about this yesterday, too. I don't know that D.A. is capable of closing if A.D. is at the five. Like, he hasn't closed a lot of games this year. And if A.D. is at the five, 
playoff locked in Lakers, I don't think that's a recipe for success. And Monty Williams is not going to experiment with that very long. If it's not working, I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I just, you're right. I, that's where I'm most scared with the Suns, but I love I, the home court advantage. I've just seen so much consistency from them, but I, I, I'm very excited. You, we look at Chris Paul and we know what we're going to get, but this is D books. First playoffs. This is Aiton's first playoffs. This is McCall bridges. First playoffs. It's all these guys. First playoffs. besides Jay Crowder and CP three. So that you also have that experience factor, but I, and I, I assume you're not that worried, but LeBron's clearly not like fully healthy and it shouldn't <clears throat> matter in winning the series but I do think the Suns can grab at least two at home. Yeah, I mean, potentially. I, I just really think that the matchup is going to be exposed in the front court. I just don't think they're going to have an answer. And it could be the situation where Aiden, you know, he might, it, it, it might even be a foul, foul issue thing for him. Like, no, like going against the big bodies. Yeah. And it's like, Whoever he decides to throw out there, I hope it's not Drummond. I don't think that this is the series that Drummond is going to be needed, per se. You know, this could be a series where we see a lot of Harold if they decide to go small, if the Suns decide to go small. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just, as a Laker fan myself, I don't feel much concern going into this series. Like you mentioned, you know, Booker's first first postseason eight and Bridges, same type of thing. It's, you know, we talked about this last year in the postseason. You once you get, you know, you step in between those lines, you see LeBron James and Anthony Davis in your it's first different. postseason game. It's different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for the Suns, and I would have felt bad for the Jazz. They it's a, bust it's their a ass fucking all season. tough draw, man. <laughs> this is their draw. reward for it. You, you get the, a, you you have a wonderful season. You're arguably the most consistent team all year long. And yeah. your reward is the defending champions, bro. Uh, we'll see. I think this is the one series probably where we – two-game difference, kind of big. I, I think they yeah. – seven. But I see well, What would you say the the game – I haven't seen what the, the individual game lines are. What, what, have you seen what game game one is? Uh, I have I not, like bro. That's a, a great question. I would guess Suns at home, first game, I would guess it would be Lakers minus two and a half. Yeah, that's what I said, two and a half. But I just don't know. That could be a ton of great value for Phoenix. They haven't had a playoff. I, I gotta forever. feel these games out. Yeah, I can't be going game ones yet. But those those playoffs are, are different. Going nuts. Playoffs are different. All right, bro. Let's, yeah. Let's uh let's hit the Nuggets and Blazers. I got Nuggets in seven. Where are you at? I have Blazers in seven. Okay. Um. And I, I mean, you've known Portland guy, you got to show up. You but this was even up. before the season started. I'm pretty sure I told you that I thought Portland would get two spot in, yeah. in the West, and things didn't work out for you know myriad of reasons. But you know they've had the best net rating in basketball the last three weeks, and they've clearly figured something out. You know they have three individual ISO scores that can you know put in eight to twelve points in a heartbeat. Seems like Nurkic is finding his form. Um, and I don't know. I think Denver is filled with a lot more question marks at this point than Portland is. And they have to figure out that second unit, which was abysmal the last month of the season. It's going to be a heavy workload for Jokic. Stars and, and I were talking about it, bro. They're starting right now. 
I, Will Barton might be back, but they were literally at the end of the season starting Fasundo, Campazzo, and Austin Rivers as their starting backcourt, which is tough. And they, I, they played as well as you could have possibly exactly. expected them to play. That, that's but... why I, I – for me, it's yoke. It all comes down to yoke. And yeah. um, you mentioned they have had the best net rating in the, the last three weeks. I th- I'm not – I feel like I come across sometimes as a Blazers hater, but it might just be because I know a lot of Blazer fans – but, but it's also easy to hate on them. A lot of what they do is not very good basketball. That's fair. Yeah. The, the, so for me, it's the defense. And then, too, I, I feel like a lot of the, – they showed clear improvements. I'm not saying they didn't improve, but they also had a pretty soft schedule down the stretch that they, that they took advantage. And you can only beat who's in front of you. But I just – I struggle from what I've seen from them all year on the defensive side of the basketball – I just think it's going to be really a tough ask for them to stop Jokic. And you stick four guys next to Jokic who are average offensive basketball players, you're still going to have a good offense with, with that man. So that, yeah. that's where I go, Nuggets and seven. But the, the Blazers have the clear talent level difference. They got the, the two guards finally cooking. They've been here a million times. They got Norman. Yeah. They got Covington. Nurk, like you said, Nurk's back into form. Um the the it's x factor to them. Me, the the x factor to me in the entire series is going to be porter junior against whoever the blazers decide to put on him and i would guess they'll start with covington but the how issue real has he been this year bro porter junior yes yeah um, no he's been he's been magnificent yeah and the and issue the- with with covington i mean it's almost been beaten you know like a dead horse at this point but he's a good off ball defender he's not a great on ball defender, defender yeah if Covington can't handle him, Norman Powell's undersized. You're undersized, not putting yeah. Melo there. You're not putting Derrick Jones Jr. there. How do you stop Michael Porter Jr.? Because Jokic is going to get his, you know, what, whoever you put on him. Right. But, you know, Michael Porter Jr.'s thing off those last cuts. Off those cuts, uh, especially. Because because yeah. with him, when he's shooting it, like, it doesn't matter who's on him. He's shooting over you. It's almost KDS. But, yeah, right. when he's cutting off Yoke, you need someone and Covington has the physical tools to be able to somewhat try to disrupt that. So that I, I completely agree. He's yeah, an the, in this, in this series. I would guess I just say the, the reason that I, that I'm going to end up picking the, the Blazers in seven is I'm just not sure the backcourt in Denver has an answer for what the Blazers can do. Like oh. in the, you know, when push comes to shove, like nut crunching time, Portland's, he's, they're, they're going to trust Dane. You know, he, he's going to score. And they should. Campazzo, Monte Morris. Yeah. Will Barton, we have no idea what his health is right now. He's coming you know? back, but, yeah, we don't know if he's healthy, healthy, or if it's, all right, I got to be back right now for the squad because right now our backcourt is Fasundo. Yeah. <laughs> well, Monte, I guess, is back now. but um, Couldn't they use a guy like Gary Harris right now, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm just bummed my man PJ's down, bro. He's so big defensively. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if you saw it in the in the Discord when I was saying he has the what? fourth best net or defensive net rating individual. I love net that. I did not see that of, of anybody that averaged 20 plus minutes a game. I love that, and and that doesn't shock me. I, I watched a lot of Nuggets just for my man PJ, and you know I'll, I'll check out the Yoke Show too. But did, did you watch him when when they were in the Final Four, like when he was at South Carolina? Yeah, against Gonzaga. I mean, that, that's what he was known for. Like, yeah. he was just a crazy defender. Yeah. Obviously, it's translated still, to the league. Yeah, I'm just hoping he can get 
just upgrade the offensive package just a little bit more, little and then we'll, we'll have a solid player. Um, all right, I, I I completely agree with everything. At the end of the day, I'm just going yoke against that defense. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the Clippers and the Mavericks. How many games are the Mavs taking off the Clips, bro? I think one. The Clippers have been playing really good basketball recently before they decided to do whatever the hell they did. That is, the, I don't know about that. Basketball gods, I don't think they're going to like that. Well, uh, I, I agree with that. I, I would never want my team to do that just it, for the karmic purposes message. of it. It does send a bad message. Um, but, but with that being said, series... I mean, if the Clippers go and win this whole damn thing, nobody's going to remember that they did that. You know, so who who cares? Yeah. Um, I think Dallas takes one, Clippers take the series in five. Uh, I just think this is an awful matchup for Dallas. I remember last, I want to say, yeah, because they faced each other last postseason. And I, I remember Dallas felt like it potentially could take the Clippers, but then Porzingis just wasn't healthy. And obviously, yeah. you know, they, they were they took take one. It. Porzingis had a crazy game and then he tore his meniscus. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, this, Clippers team is definitely going to be much more locked in throughout the postseason than they were last season for obvious reasons. Um, the talent difference. This might be the series that has the largest talent difference to me um, in the first round of the playoffs. The the Clippers top to bottom. I mean, Luca might be the best player on the court in the series for all I know, but that's about it. So, you know, I, I think that's an I, and I brought it up with Sarge yesterday. I want to hear your take. Um, for me, Luca, I'm, I'm high on him. I think he's just no doubt super sure. I don't think you really have to even watch basketball that closely to think that that's not a hot take. But what I will say is I was expecting a larger two to three year jump than he took. And that might be, again, because of this sort of season. But I still feel like for as good of a creator as he is, and honestly, as good of a shot maker as he is, he settles a lot of the time. And, and a lot of the time in crunch, I feel like he doesn't trust his teammates the way he should. Like, he draws so much attention, and I just feel like he, he really forces a lot of tough shots. And he's still going to be really good, but I, I just haven't seen necessarily the jump I've needed to see this year to be like, all right, he can take these guys on, especially see, when it's Kawhi and PG. See, I, I feel similarly to, to Jason Tatum. Like, talent is is – out yeah. of this world he's been super inconsistent this year yeah inconsistent but you made the point about like when doubles come his way he tries to play hero ball instead of finding the open teammate tatum does that a lot as well sure. i agree with what you're saying um i don't think that's like a scorching hot take because vegas had him as the mvp favorite going into the season so they expected that larger jump as well that just didn't come yeah. i think part of it has to do with the fact that he was clearly out of shape coming into the season you know, got off to a slow start and Dallas so had the COVID thing and Dallas just wasn't playing well the first month of the season. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, he's good enough to win the game by himself, maybe two games, but I don't see it going any further than six for sure. I think the Clippers probably wrap it up in five. Yeah. All right. And I think this leads perfectly into you giving, I, I know who's, who you have coming out of the West. Um, why don't you let the people know? And then we can go kind of back and forth about, who, coming uh, out of the West, or, or are we doing those second round matchups? No, we're just gonna. We're. I'm gonna do a pod with you again after the first round, and then we'll go from there. But right now, you just okay about coming out of the West. Yeah, right now, to me, it's you know until proven otherwise, the Lakers are coming out of the West. I totally understand all the concerns; they are very valid. People are just penciling the Lakers in there right now. 
myself included, but the concerns are there. There's a lot of inconsistency and in it, you know, we, we kind of saw some of that last night, you know, I we think, people took, did. We uh, I think, you know, people took the Rondo playoff experience for granted last year as somebody that has been there before, you yeah. know, and people like to make a joke out of it, but it makes a big difference. And like you saw it last night, Schroeder, you know, I know he has some postseason experience, but that's that was like the, the bright lights last night. That that was a massive moment. He went minus 20 and he looked terrible, both both offensively, defensively, as we Anywhere were mentioning with the pick and rolls. Yeah. Any way you slice it. And then you see Caruso, who has been there before. Understood his role. The, Perfect. Put the clamps on Steph the best anybody could, you know. So I understand the concerns, but, you know, the path that they have to go through in the West, I think that Phoenix is an awesome matchup for them round one. Yeah. Um, and just for me, it's one of those until proven otherwise when, you know, I, I'm taking LeBron and AD, you know, against yeah. anybody. And the way that this team is built around those two guys, they got a bunch of role players that if they play their role, I don't see anybody beating them. Yeah. And you saw it last night and, and why I, you know, will never be fully off the Lakers, even though if I'm I'm maybe not choosing them, is as we saw last night, that defense is ridiculous. And end of the day, end of the day, when you have that foundation, LeBron can still be coming back. AD can still be working his way back into rhythm. That defense won them the, that defense and Frank Vogel's ability to adjust to what was happening to adjust game yesterday. Dude, I mean the the turnover turnover differential last night the Warriors had 20 turnovers Lakers had 11 and yep. it's the type of thing where it's like even even on an off shooting night where they're shooting 29 percent from deep the defense won them the game 100%. and you know the Clippers have have had stretches at times where they've had unbelievable defense same with Utah and Phoenix but the level the Lakers can rise to when they need to is it's unmatched. It's in unmatched. The maybe best, def times, best defense in the league. Best defense in the league. And yeah. I think you could say that really without a doubt. I, I don't want to get too repetitive because I talked a little bit about it yesterday, but I'm I'm back on the Clippers, bro. And, <laughs> and part of it is it's not purely because of, okay, they're more locked in. Um, because I was wrong last year, not just because of, you know, them not showing up, but I think there were clear personnel issues that I did not see or expect to happen and they got exposed. Um, but I think they've ad addressed a lot of those issues, but Harold's out of there. I really love what they now have zoo. And when you, you can go four guys around the zoo, or if you want a guy who can space it, that you have a Baca, both of those guys can defend zoo zoo's probably a little bit better. And then they've just absolutely shot the shit out of it. So you, you just have so many floor, floor spacers and then you have two guys that can go get you buckets again. And we know what happened last year with Paul George and quiet, but I still feel very confident in those two bucket getting abilities. Um, and and I, I really feel like Ty Lue's brought a much better touch and is just a better fit with these group of guys. So I'm going Clippers. Yeah. And, and, and again, a lot of it also is I, Ron could get there, but he's made it known to us. My ankles, he's made sure we know my ankles, not hundred yeah. percent. And I don't know, again, they, that defense is scary, you know, but that's a huge factor for me too, is LeBron's 36 and he's clearly not healthy. And I, I just see a lot of improvements in the very areas that the Clippers lacked last year. Um, that gives me yeah it, 
in the the Clippers aren't necessarily you know at a hundred percent health either right now. I mean, Pebev's mm-hmm. still rounding in a form. Abaka just played you know the right. last game or two, so we'll see. They're, deep. They're just deep. They are they are super deep and Reggie Jackson. Reggie been, Jackson's been, a starter again somehow. Like, dude, he's been great. He's crazy, been awesome. For them shooting forty percent from three. Um, dude, the, the jump that the jump that Zoo has taken as well. He's amazing. been awesome for yeah. them. So, so I can see it. I, one it, of the I don't LA think teams. that you're crazy. I, I don't yeah. think that yeah. you're crazy for picking them, but um, for me, it's just uh, until proven otherwise. So I, I just yeah yeah. No, that's that's very fair, bro. And I think they're a very close second in my eyes. All right, bro, let's head over to the East. Um, we've got a clear picture now. The Wizards came out of the last playing game. Do they take a game against the Sixers? Maybe a game. The only scenario in which they take a game would be Beal going crazy. But I would have to think that – I don't know. Who, who is Simmons guarding? Uh, that's a good question. I, I honestly don't know. Gun to my head, probably Russ, but I don't know. Yeah, and it's not even like they have a slouch at the two guard either. I mean, exactly. Danny Green's a really Danny Green is very capable now. of guarding the field. Right. So, I mean, it would have to be a Bradley Beal nuclear game because we've seen in the past, even when even when Russ has nuclear games, his team still fucking loses. So I feel like it's got to be an efficient 45-type night from Beal for them to have a chance to win a game against Philly. I just think Sixers, they're fucking locked in, dude. They're, they're, they seem ready for this shit. Yep. Me and Sars talked about it, bro. Like, every they check every box. You know, the Embiid and Simmons have had their run in the playoffs, so they have the experience. They have the heartbreak motivating dude, you, it's, it's rim protectors. It's so funny. I, I, I don't know where I read this or heard this, but mm. somebody was mentioning that, like, this is perfect Doc Rivers shit, where he can go into this locker yes. room and be like, yeah. everybody's doubting us. No, yeah, nobody's is, nobody's exactly. putting us in the finals. It's a bunch of bulletin board material that Doc just salivates for, and so he'll yeah. have them ready. No, I, I'm with you. Uh, Sixers, and, Sixers and four. All right, Nets and uh, Boston. I think it's going to be Brooklyn in four. It's the same, same type of thing. It, it would have yeah. to be a Tatum 50 bomb. And even then, I don't even know if they, yeah. would, they would win that game. I, I got Brooklyn in four easy, bro. I think they're locked in. They're ready to go. Um, yeah. I got Brooklyn in four, bro. All right. Uh, <laughs> the East at the top is loaded. Loaded. They, all three of those teams are loaded. Let's, uh, let's hit Milwaukee and Miami. And I'm curious, one, obviously, to hear – what your take is on this series, but two, this is round three for Giannis and the Bucks. This is Bucks 2.0. This is, I saw an article coming out today. They spent the whole off season very much studying why they didn't make it out the previous years and trying to directly address those needs. What do you, where do you have this? Wait, they did that last off season. What about the prior season? They made an article about it. So they went even harder. (laughs) Apparently they, they focused really hard. Where do you have this series ending up, and where? What are your thoughts on the Bucks in kind of this underdog out of the forefront of the NBA fans' minds role? Yeah, I th- I think that in world everybody likes to make it dramatic. It's like, oh, are the Bucks gonna blow it up if they don't win the title this year? It's like, no, they're fucking not. There's no route for them to blow it up unless they wanted to trade Chris, I guess, but. This team is locked in for a while. Nobody's going anywhere. This is what so, they're going with. 
Yeah, just cut the shit on the, are you going to blow up the Bucks? <laughs> no, the, but, I was all in when Giannis was still a free agent. I'm out now. Like, I don't, yeah. care. I don't care. Right. So for me, I, I do think that the Bucks get it done against the Heat. Um, one stat that, of course, I got to give my stat. Yep. The, I've been um, for it. Jimmy Butler in the, in the, I think it was like 10 games that they had played yeah. against the top, uh, against the top three teams. Like one or two of them. He only played in one and he yeah. won the game. Yeah. Spo. So, yeah. So th- that's Spo and Riley. That's some chess and checkers shit they got going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Is it chess or checkers, bro? We'll see. But, but to me, I, I'm just not sure. I, I just haven't seen it from the heat this year. They just have not looked yeah. or resembled the team that made that run um, last season and the bucks, much like the nets and much like the Sixers, they look locked in, you know, they've taken the shit for the last two off seasons. Yeah. Um, I I'm hard pressed to believe that they're going to go out in round one. You know, I think that the heat can maybe steal a couple games, you know, Milwaukee in six, but you know, my, yep. my, head is closer to milwaukee in five i, I think that the, the bucks are ready to roll right now i uh i officially i want bucks in six but that is just out of pure respect to the dog that is jimmy butler i'm just not totally sure where where the heat can score consistently you know i mean i i just i struggle <laughs> I, to find i'm hoping it. there's some some playoff magic tyler hero gets back to that goron's rested all year for this and last year they didn't have none. He's had a decently sneaky, solid uh, under the radar season. So maybe they get something from there. Um, and, and again, for me, it's Jimmy and Bam. I have a lot of respect for both those guys. Uh, but I'm with you again. Milwaukee has a different vibe to them this year, in my mind. I, I and and not just a different vibe, different personnel, especially just really Drew Holiday, um, which I think is a game changer both defensively and the ability to shoot the ball and, and score the ball in, in so many more ways than Eric Bledsoe could. Um, yep. Uh, so I, I'm landing on Bucks and Six. Sounds like we're, we're pretty in line in the East. Yeah, I, I just don't – I mean, I, I – and I, Miami was the team that, like, I wanted to give them a better shot than, than I guess what I ended up doing, but it just doesn't really, really make sense. Can't. I mean, you really can't based off of what they've shown us this year. Like All season. That's really all it's- we – that's 90% of what we're going off of is this past year. And, and it's been a struggle all year long and you can say COVID on all this and all that, but a lot of teams have been faced with that. Um, yeah. And, and have come out better. And, and again, I, I do think that turnaround, I, I think you saw it with the Lakers this year too. Like that turnaround is brutal. It really is. Like you have some teams that had a whole year off and you're coming out <clears throat> two and a half months, but at the yeah. end of the day, and, and I do, and I do think that you know something to consider in this rematch is that there was no home court advantage in the bubble when Miami yeah. beat Milwaukee. You know, it, it does make a difference. Yeah, you know? just so, in general, in all these series, for sure. Yeah, for um, sure. So, yeah, I would say let, let's let's go Milwaukee in six. I'm in agreement on that. Okay. All right, bro. Now let's get to what is in my mind uh, clearly the the most entertaining series in the East. I cannot wait for this. Let's hear uh, – what do you have to say about the Knicks? Playoff basketball in the garden, Knicks-Hawks. Let's hear it, bro. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. I could totally see game one of this series being an absolute shit show. Like, both, neither one of these teams – neither one of these teams no, have – No real experience. Much, no experience yeah. whatsoever. 
I, you know, especially the Knicks being at home, so much pressure in the garden, first playoff series in eight years. Sounds like we I want could to see the them. Under. The under. Yeah. Is oh my God. It's going to be like a 87. 87 game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, and think I would love that. They, I would love that. Yeah. It, it would be great. And Tibbs would love that too. Oh, he would. But I, I, um, I've been really impressed with what New York has done. And, and I know that's an obvious thing to say, but, um, you know, the Randall is the obvious caveat here, but I mean, the strides that, that RJ Barrett has made this year with Derek Rose has been able to come in and provide yeah. them off the bench. Oh, it's been, it's um, huge. Deservedly. So he's in the running for six man of the year. He's been unbelievable. I mean, that team doesn't have much of an offensive identity outside of give Randall the ball. and Let me just take these crazy floaters. Exactly. When it breaks down there, it's it's Randall ninety percent of the time and Rose, you know, the other right. twenty percent of the time. Um, right, but they, I mean, they, there are times where they shoot the ball well. Like Reggie Bullock has had a has, a, has had a great season for uh for the Alec Knicks. Burks. Alec Burks, same type of thing. Taj Gibson has given them valuable minutes. He was yep. the uh, he had the fifth highest individual defensive net rating I behind. Love that behind pj dozier which makes and, a lot of sense too and nerlands bro nerlands has had yeah, a great, oh my God, great year you know yeah. um, like you forget that this team had Mitchell robinson go down two separate times and they're still yeah. the fourth seed in the East. tough year for mitch man tough year he was yeah. really thriving um now in the vast and i agree with everything you said i it's a bummer to me it's 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 a bummer but it's also not a bummer because it's going to be a great series but these are like my two favorite like underdog teams in the East. And I would have liked to maybe, you know, have the Knicks and them separate, but it'll be a fun series for me. I, I've been super high on the Hawks post Lloyd Pierce. I, I really think, I think maybe you this, have been. this you is have closer been. to a hotter take. I think they'd be up in consideration for the third seed with Milwaukee and Brooklyn battling. If Nate McMillan had been the coach all year long. I think there's a shot. And obviously health would have had to play out. But I just think when things get break down, and you're right, we've talked about it. None of these guys have playoff experience, and it's a different ballgame. But we, you know, it's Julius Randle and Derek Rose when the game slows down, which it will. And on the Hawks end, they have Trey Young, they have Bogdan Bogdanovich, and even a guy like DeAndre Hunter has shown an ability to create his own shot in the half court. And even guys like Kevin Herter, who maybe you're not going to go ISO, if you kick it out to them and they're closing hard, he can at least attack that closeout and not be, you know, clueless in, in getting downhill and creating for someone else. So I just, I like the offensive creation that they have more. And it's, it's really a toss up, but I'm going Hawks in seven but it's not really because I don't like the Knicks in any way. It's because I'm pretty damn high on the Hawks. And, and it could all go out the window because it's the playoffs and it's their first year. But I'm going Hawks and seven. So, to me, I, I have the, the Knicks winning this in six. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't come to that decision until – to or I guess – I know you've been game. leaning Knicks, though. I, I know you've liked yeah, the Knicks but, in this match. but it was – it was honestly after watching last night's game and then the, the first couple of other playing games, these refs are not calling the same type of fouls that they were calling in the regular, the regular season, which, sure. which typically, typically happens in the playoffs. Right. But it seemed like the refs and the players kind of set the tone of what this playoffs is which I love. These dudes are These dudes are bodying each other. Yeah. There are no cheap fouls. And that was, that's always been the knock 
you know, people, you know, you hate them or you love them, but that's what Trey Young's game is. A lot of the time is a lot of these cheap fouls. He gets to the yeah. line. He's shooting 12 free throws. There's, a night. There better not be any of that bullshit, but that that's not going to happen. I do think yeah. that's how Trey Young gets his offense going at times. And sure. now Tib, sure. now Tib sees this and he's like, Oh my God, we are beating the shit out of this. little <laughs> Like he is not getting anything easy. For I wouldn't sure. be surprised if Trey Young, even if the Hawks scrape out this series, if he's hurt for the rest of the playoffs after oh, the series, someone's going to come away from this series hurt on the Hawks. It's yeah, there's no doubt, bro. Someone is going down. Um, yeah, I mean the the clear the clear biggest concern for the Knicks is the ability to generate offense against what Atlanta can do. You know, I mean Atlanta can put up 25 points in the span of five minutes with the way that they can shoot, and the Knicks perfect. just do not have the ability to keep up. So if you know, there's two clear formulas. I mean, if the Knicks are going to win, it's going to be this slow you know, early 2000s, yeah. 1990s type basketball, which they've played all year. It's been really successful. But if Atlanta is able to dictate the pace, run and transition, leak out for open three-pointers, it'll be a quick series. I just don't see Tibbs letting that happen. And no. I really I think that the – I really think that the physicality for Trey Young, who's never played in the postseason, it's going to be a shock to him with the way that he plays his game. And I think it's something that Steph Curry had to learn how to do at the start of his career. Like those little dudes that run around and draw fouls and shoot deep three pointers, it's a different fucking game in the playoffs. For sure. I love that. That would be the, yeah. I love that point. I think it is, it's going to be an adjustment. But I think the other thing that gives me, it, not necessarily confidence, but makes me feel a little bit better, even though I know this is going to be a physical series, is Atlanta's been good defense. It's not like they're all yeah. just offense and fuck, fuck defense. Like, it has been both sides of the ball, and Clint Capella has been really under the radar, but he's been unreal on the defensive side of the basketball. I mean, offense. Dude, it, but. It's going to be a real test for, for Nerlens in the post down there. I mean, because usually Nerlens is like the most athletic guy, longest mm-hmm. arms, and he's not going to have that in this series. No. You know? Especially just not, not even just defending Clint in the pick and roll, but the boards. The boards Clint yeah. just- oh eats offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds you know and that and it'll be interesting to see like how much Taj Gibson actually plays in the series because mm-hmm. if he's going to run out there next to Nerlens, John Collins you know, on are, are they going to leave him on the perimeter like standing out there against John Collins, John or Collins just gonna that's what John Collins is going to be he's going to be on the perimeter and I I like I love Taj as a team defender I don't know yeah, if he's but, able to stay out there with John Collins but yeah I mean, physicality man. against Trey. I yeah, can't even try and, and take that on, dude. It's it's just, I mean, it, it's something that all and you know, th- this is a point that I've hit home on before, but there's a reason that typically, like, Steph Curry is the exception to the rule. Like, small point guards that you know, the offense runs through them, they win through the point guard, they typically don't succeed in the postseason, because yeah. and that's the reason even, for it a hundred percent. Because even if let's say you are successful in a series or two. You wear down. You've seen that with Dame in the past, too. Like, he'll yeah. get you through a series or two, but by the conference finals, the, the guy's toast. gassed. Like, he's gassed. Yeah. So, so I, I think that game one of this series will be very telling as to who is going to win. I mean, I, once they figure – the first quarter is going to be an absolute shit show. Shit, but bro. once they figure it out, and we can see, okay, are the refs going to cave to what Trey Young does, or are they going to call it like I doubt it. a playoff game? Yeah, I don't think they will. 
Last and it'll be interesting because because Trey Young does have like sometimes he he does the complaining Luka Doncic bullshit where they're just yapping at the refs. He's not going to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how he reacts to what the refs are going to do with him. Yeah. One last thing before we get to your Eastern Conference pick. Uh, Knicks three zero in the season series, and a lot a couple of those games the Hawks were down guys, but I don't think that's necessarily just insignificant data. Yeah. Three zero. And they they were the better team in all three of those games. Um, when did the did, were those was Lloyd Pierce the coach of how many of those games? Uh, I think he was a coach for one. Okay, maybe two, but I know their most recent one actually. Trey got that was the game Trey sprained his ankle um, in the Garden, but the the Knicks just beat the hell out of him even before Trey went down. Um, <laughs> That's that's gonna be a tough. That might that might be the toughest series that Trey Young would have to go against. In, oh, it, it's not uh, a good against matchup. any team. Yeah, like even even against like Philly or the Lakers, they're not physical in the backcourt like the way that the Knicks are gonna be with Trey Young. I don't totally. think. Totally. Um, you're going Knicks in six though, right? Yeah. All right. So we're all we're in alignment and everything in the East except for this one. And uh, yeah, bro, I, I absolutely can't wait. Give me your Eastern Conference pick to win it all. I got Philly. I, I know that it's not a, a popular pick right now, and, and I get it, but they have been consistent the entire season. I, I know with they had their ben, battle. Without Ben, with Joel, without Joel. Without Joel. I yeah. know that they had their bout with COVID where, you know, it was like the Tyrese Maxi game, and they had the Danny Green game. But oh, for the most part, on. this fucking yeah. Dakota Matthias. Yeah, dude, just, just guys that you never heard of that were that were playing legit minutes. But this team has just been really consistent. We know what they can do defensively, yep. and now they, you know, talk about a team addressing their needs in the off season. They went out and got Seth. They went out and got Danny Green, two guys that have playoff experience. Got some Dwight um, in there too. Dude, and, and that's not an uh, an insignificant addition as oh, well. Um, so I I just feel really confident in what they can do. I mean that they have you know probably two of the best five individual defenders in the league, and Simmons and Embiid, MVP candidate and Embiid. I throw Matisse in the mix too, bro. Dude, Matisse as well, and then Tobias Harris has had the most under the radar great season as well. Uh, and I just feel really confident in the identity that they have with Doc now. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of cohesion that was not there in the past. Um, and they have home court advantage, which is massive. Huge. And a couple things I want to add on, because I I mean, people know I didn't pick Philly, but I, I'm with you. But I love them. And Sarge actually picked Philly, too. Um, they, they're close second in my mind. But also – they're just built differently than a lot of these teams. Like no one in the East, I mean, no one really in the league has anyone for Embiid, but there are certain teams with better guys for him. It's going to be a total team effort for either Brooklyn or Milwaukee to, to come up with creative ways, timely doubles, fake doubles to stop Joel in the post because he's proved all year long. You can't really guard him with one guy. It results in a foul, a bucket or a wide open shot. And, you know, these other teams are really good in in a lot of ways, but they have nobody for that guy specifically with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And both of those teams are presumably going to match up and beat up on each other before facing Philly. So I get it. I mean, the, the, the biggest concern, and this is my concern about the nets as well, is just, 
Embiid oh. has never Embiid's never gone three rounds in the postseason. You know, I mean, I, I guess he did it when they lost to, to Toronto, but that's a test for somebody yeah. that does have an injury history. That's a massive test. If he goes down their toast, obviously, but oh, any um, of the team's star goes down, it's over. Yeah, I I just feel against both Milwaukee and Brooklyn, I think that they are both going to go seven uh, against Philly and having that home court. I just, that's a difference maker. No, I feel you. I'm going Brooklyn again. It's, it's, uh, they're going to need to stay healthy, but for me, bro, it's just like, I I talked to Sarge about that. Like KD, I feel like four or five years ago, he would just make unreal shots and he still makes unreal shots, but I feel like he's at the point now where like, it's not even that he's just making unreal shots. He'll still make them, but he just is a master at getting looks that are so clean for him. He walks into the, he can walk through a game and put up 32 just because he's getting unbelievably easy looks for him. And then you have James Harden, who's arguably the best pick and roll player ever. He's looked unbelievable this year. It's not just scoring. It's creating it. I, I know the defense is an issue. They just have to get it to like a, they don't even have to be great. They just have to be like dude. The, the, the defense has been much improved recently. Yeah, that's it hasn't even been that bad. They don't have to be an elite defense for them to win, in my mind, because of that offensive talent. And we saw even last night, you'll see you'll continue to see it at the end of these games when guys are gassed. Every team really, if you if you have a good coaching staff, they know the sets they're running. So at the end, it's just give the ball to your best player and let them make let him make some magic happen and they just have so many options and it's not like it's three guys those three guys in scrubs like they have also by the way have the best wide open three-point shooter in the league and joe harris they have vets and and it's not like they've you know we talk about inconsistency with a lot of teams like they've dealt with so much shit but like for the most part this year they put a good product on the court no matter who was hurt or yeah or definitely so, my, my only concern is is What's just you? who crunch time i mean who are who's on the floor that's a it's a really really interesting question bro i think there's a lot of different ways you obviously lock in those four uh joe harris and the big three and then it's it's either deandre it's either jeff green or it some might even i doubt it but some might say claxton um and so we'll see uh who do you who Dude. it's probably matchup dependent but who who would you I mean, they, head against playing, who are they closing with? I don't know, dude. I mean, they've been – I mean, specific to Philly, I'm not sure, but they've been playing a lot of Blake with that unit. Like, Blake's been good for them. He's been really good. Oh. I don't think that's the matchup for him. Exactly. Exactly. I, I just I'm, – I'm not sure. DeAndre Jordan, mm. I, there's nobody on that team that can match up with Joel. No. And that's why I think that this Philly team is different because they'll be able to pass out to guys that can actually shoot the ball now. For you know, sure. the, the, what's, what sucks about the Philly situation is that um, they can't play their two best defenders on the court at the same time because then the every season, other, yeah, because yeah. every team's going to sag off and just guard the other three guys, yeah. which you still got Danny. Sucks. You still have Danny. I, I just hope, the, the Sixers have a super bright future to me for that reason, because if Ben or Tease can develop any sort of consistency, it doesn't even have to be three-point range, just like 15 to 18 <laughs> feet, you know? Yeah. Like, just develop yeah. some sort of consistency, but... And you yeah, see it, for Matisse, me- I think is like eight or nine in shot quality, just from three, like in terms of how open the shot is. 
And that's just a direct result of playing next to Joel Embiid. And yeah. And also defense is not really being scared of him, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I get it. I, whoever Philly ends up playing, whether it's Milwaukee or it's Brooklyn, it's just going to be unbelievable. Goliath against Goliath. It's just going to, I would be shocked if either of those series don't go seven. This is, this is what we are. Like we talk all year long. We tweet, we do like these next two months is, is really what it's all about, bro. And I'm so excited to continue to rip watching these games and ripping these out with you and Sarge, bro. Yeah. So when's when game one Saturday? Who who goes first? Um, I want to say it's Mil. Uh, I think it's Brooklyn's Boston, but I don't know for sure. It's it it doesn't suck, but I'm I'm actually in the city on Saturday morning for a friend's. I hope he does. I'm gonna be in the city on on Saturday, so it's gonna be tough. I don't think I'll be able to watch most basketball, but after that, I'm locked fucking rest of the way. Yeah, it's it's Milwaukee, Miami, then it's uh, Clippers, Mavs, Boston, and Nets is the primetime game. And then Lake shows Phoenix, right? No, Lake Lake shows game one on Sunday. They they have uh, Denver and Portland as the late night Saturday game. Yeah, I would have loved the same shit. Get Dude, cozy. They, they, they always fucking have Portland and Denver. It's like the Christmas have... game, too. Yeah. It's the Christmas game. It's like everybody's asleep in Portland. No, I know. I know. Well, I'm excited, bro. Thank you for spending time. I'm excited, time bro. And uh, we'll do it again soon. For sure. Thanks for having me.